0: Welcome in to the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home for all Crimson Tide news and information. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, here to get a little rapid reaction after the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft and to preview day two and day three. Uh, is With me is Joey Blackwell, uh, my colleague at BamaCentral.com. And uh, wow, Joey, let's just start off from the top right here. Alabama a record tying night six first round selections, J- Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, Patrick Sertain, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood just just wow I mean I, I had a feeling they were going to get five and I had Barmore in there in that five so you know if that happens Leatherwood makes six Najee there at twenty four makes seven so that sets the record um, obviously Bar- Barmore slides out of the first round. Um, but Leatherwood was kind of the shock for me. Uh, and you know, he's obviously worth an, an early round pick, but I, you 17 know, is kind of high uh, to where he was projected. But wow, what a night for Alabama. And, and obviously this is history. Nick Saban now has produced the most first round picks ever at one school. Uh, 39, which is uh, 16 more than his 23 losses. Uh, he's occurred in his 14 seasons at the Capstone.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Leatherwood was the shock of the night. Um, I actually had six going in my, you know, the mock draft that I made um, for myself. Didn't ever publish it anywhere, but I had six players. I didn't have Leatherwood going though. I had Dickerson and uh, and Barmore going instead to make six. But um, just what a what a, what a what a fantastic night um, for Al- for Alabama and um uh you know, you, you look at you know you know, who who'd have thought, you know, that Jalen Waddle would have been the first Alabama player. I know I didn't have Jalen Waddle as the first pl- Alabama player to come off the board, but um sure enough he found his home in Miami and you know he's a he's a great speedster and is a very explosive, you know, run after the catch playmaker. And I'm just really excited to see um, you know, see it's, it's this this draft was a very um I was talking to a friend of mine during the draft and it was a very competent draft. You had near the end there, you did have some you're kind of head scratching picks, but for the first twenty five ish picks of the draft, um, it was very solid, and you had teams filling their needs with not very many questionable picks, and it was just a with the the crazy you know draft um, pick trades that happened earlier on in the night. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, no doubt, it was a lot of fun, and a lot of teams making a lot of smart decisions, like you said, and and of course the head scratching one is the Packers going cornerback uh, when you know they obviously their 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 fight with Aaron uh, Rodgers is so public you would think to maybe get in his good graces, maybe get a playmaker, maybe get an Elijah Moore, maybe, right? Uh, but, but no, obviously that didn't happen. But but regardless, um, you know, it's it, – you know, to me, Joey, the Mac Jones uh, to San Francisco ended up being all smoke, right? And, and Trey Lance ended up being their guy. I, I just think at the end of the day, uh, San Francisco is going to regret that pick. Um, you know, going with a guy who's had 17 starts – and there's nothing wrong with having 17 starts – it's just the reality was is that one of the, one of them was at the FCS level. And, um, you know, Trey Lance, the competition is going to improve greatly to the NFC West, which is a very, very tough division. Um, I just think you look above the neck. Um, you know, Mac Jones is more cerebral. His his IQ is higher. Um, and Trey Lance is a player who's got the physical attributes. He can run. run he can uh, he can extend the plays on the ground. And um, I just I just think at the end of the day, this is a pick where you know they traded the farm for. It. They gave up two other first round picks and um, and a third round pick to move up in the draft. And you know I, you know I just think this is a move that's going to come back and bite them uh, because Mac Jones now you know, he goes, he goes to the New England Patriots. And, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better situation. You couldn't ask for a better um, program to be a part of than Bill Belichick, Coach Saban's best friend. And um, really happy for Mac, really happy for, um, you know, Devontae, too, getting into the top ten. I thought that was big. Um, but, yeah, but just specifically on Mac Jones, you know, uh, everybody for the last month thought that move was for him. But it all ended up being smoke. And, um, you know, I, I just think, too, I think – this is a situation where Mac is going to have a huge chip on his shoulder now. And uh, like I said, I, you couldn't, you couldn't draw up a better plan for him.
1: No, I, you know, as somebody that's not a fan of the New England Patriots, I, I couldn't be happier for Mac. You know, it's, you're basically just set up for success. Any player that's drafted by the Patriots, you know, you have the tools, you have the coaching staff, you need to succeed. And it's a wonderful situation for Mac to be in. To talk about Trey Lance with the 49ers, you know, Trey Lance is, is a is a fairly high Q, high IQ quarterback. You know, he's got a diverse toolbox. Um, you know, he he's he does have those rare traits as far as you know athletic ability. And it just goes to show that modern NFL teams are every single year are putting more and more stock in mobile quarterbacks over pocket passers. And Mac Jones has the ability to scramble from time to time if he's flushed out, but he's definitely not a dual threat quarterback. And I think that was one of the reasons we saw him, you know, fall all the way down to 11. You know, three months ago, I, or uh, four months ago, whenever the senior bowl was, I think it was three months ago, I said that I thought that Mac would go at number eight to the Panthers. I still kind of thought that heading into tonight because I didn't think he would fall as far as 15. And I know there's a lot of people talking about, hey, he's probably, he might fall that far. And if he does, the Patriots going to get him. I understand that, but I thought that he was going to be taken before that. Um, but even so, I very happy for Mac Jones and 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 with what he's being given. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a, it's, it's a a gift that he should not uh you know uh, throw aside because you know if a quarterback just out of college. You know, we all saw what Tom Brady did coming from Michigan to the Patriots, and you could. I know I'm not saying that Mac Jones is Tom Brady, but he has the same tools at his disposal that Brady did that made him successful and knowing the the IQ of Mac, he can definitely use those to the best of his uh, ability.
0: But you know one of the reasons why, Joey, I think that the 49ers are going to come back and bite this pick. I mean, this pick is going to come back and bite him. And, and you mentioned, you know, you thought that, you know, he was probably going to he, might have gone to the Panthers. The Panthers getting Sam Darnold too. I mean, that's kind of, you know, actually when Sam Darnold actually gets some talent and actually goes to a competent organization like the New York Jets, you, you well, by, said, my prediction was before that. Yeah, <laughs> before that happened. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Um, but I know we were texting during it, and I and I was just thinking, I'm like, you know, Darnold's already there. Uh, you know, I just didn't know. But look at this, right? I'm looking at the past Super Bowl winners, and people want to tell me there was old people. I got in arguments with about this before about Trey Lance. You know, you need a dynamic quarterback to win in the NFL nowadays. And, and and Joey, real quick, I'm just looking at the Super Bowl winners. All right, the past Super Bowl winners, right? So last so last year. What did Tampa Bay do? They had a statue back there. (laughs) They destroyed the (laughs) Kansas City Chiefs. They had Tom Brady. Now Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was the exception. New England over the Rams. Tom Brady. Philadelphia over New England. Nick Foles. He's not some uh, you know Kyler Murray type, right? Uh, New England over Atlanta. Tom Brady. Denver over Carolina. Oh, that's Peyton Manning's final year. New England over Seattle. That's Tom Brady. Seattle over Denver, there's Russell Wilson, but then Baltimore over San Francisco, that's Joe Flacco, New England, uh, New York over New England, that's Eli Manning, and then Aaron Rodgers over Pittsburgh, uh, Green Bay over uh, Pittsburgh, excuse me, with Aaron Rodgers, so you tell me, Joey, where where is this dynamic, uh, you know, playmaker and the way the game's evolved, and and we want to sit here and talk about that, right, but I mean, Where's the chips, right? I mean, where's the, the Kyler Murray's? Where's the um, you know, the Josh Allen's? Where where are these players that they're talking about that are that are, you have to get that kind of guy to win or the Pocket Passers don't have success anymore? Because the names I just thrown out to you, they're sure as heck guys not not Cam Newton's.
1: <laughs> they're all the second best teams in the league that lose. <laughs> like the the Baltimore Ravens is or um, you know, the Seahawks or teams like that that have mobile quarterbacks that um, I, I think overall you do see more success uh, in the league with mobile quarterbacks, but as far as teams that can make it to the Super Bowl, you know, it seems like they do typically drop off, you know, the Bills were a prime example of, the, of that last year with Josh Allen. Um, yeah, and, but,
0: and I'm, not, I'm not saying either that, you know, I don't want to buy somebody listening to this thinking, oh, I'm just so oblivious to what's going on in the league. No, no, there's a revolution in the league. There is a revolution in the league where you've got to get it's basically it used to be ten versus eleven. Now it is eleven on eleven because you got to account for that quarterback. You gotta have a spy on him. I'm not saying that's not true. My point is though, what's proven time and time again over the last 10 years is that pocket passers are still getting it done. At the end of the day, right, if the goals win a Super Bowl, then a pocket passer will do that. No, that's a fair point.
1: Um, And I I, I don't want to be misconstrued here. I do agree. I do agree with you that um, I think that the 49ers passed up a huge opportunity in drafting Mac Jones and, and opting for Trey Lance. I do think that was a huge missed opportunity. I think that it would highly benefit them in the back of my mind. I'm a little happy because as a Seattle Seahawks fan, I'm glad I don't have to play Mac Jones in that division. But, uh, <laughs> but that, but that aside, um, I do think it's something that's going to come back and bite them. But I think my uh, happiness for Mac Jones trumps my disgust in the 49ers.
0: <laughs> well, Hey, you know who will face each other twice a year. That's Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones. And I can't wait to see that. And also to Mac Jones battling it out for that starting QB job with Cam Newton and Jared Siddham, two Auburn players. But, Joey, let's go over to the receivers now. You mentioned that you didn't think Waddle was going to be the first album a player taken. Uh, I guess you thought it would be Mack at number three, then.
1: I thought it would be Mack at number three. And if not, I, I I really thought that the Dolphins were leaning heavily into Devontae Smith over Waddle. Um, and that's nothing against Waddle at all. Um, that just Those were just the trends I was noticing.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, and the thing is, too, you know, the Dolphins, were going to get one of those Alabama receivers, right, with the Bengals getting Jamar Chase and passing on Panay Sewell, you know, they wanted, if you're going to test one more year out with Tua Tonga Vailoa, you've got to pair him up with someone who can elevate his game like he did in college, right, so it was either going to be Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, and they end up getting the electrifying Waddle, and wow, I mean. Their offense that that moves the needle obviously that that you know that's able they're able to take the next step now obviously with Tua's growth they can incorporate more RPOs um, what they had for him last year as well but but again the Dolphins led the league in drops last year at the wide receiver position and you get a guy who's reliable Jalen Waddle he can score from anywhere on the field I just this was a home run and then um, I I was kind of disappointed Joey because you know it looked after J.C. Horn went at nine then you had Sertain at uh, excuse me. Uh, J.C. Horn at eight, then Sertain at nine, uh, I, I thought, you know, okay, my Cowboys might be able to get him at ten, right, uh, Pat Sertain. Then the Broncos shocked me right there. Then Dallas Smartly trades back and with Philadelphia. Philadelphia gets Devontae Smith. Um, Devontae Smith paired up with Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, there's a whole theme in this entire first round of the draft, a lot of reunions. And uh, okay, what reunion, Joey? Do you think will be be better over the next, over the next five years? Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, or Jalen Waddle and Tua Tonga Well,
1: We are also leaving out Jamar uh, Chase and Joe Burrow.
0: But if I'm we're just talking,
1: just, talking just just Alabama, out. here I am more excited about Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. I think that's a really, really well—I mean—a uh, a good you know matchup there. Um, these. Well, of course, the same thing can be said about Tonga Valoa and, 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 and Waddle, but um, really excited to see what they can get done in Philadelphia. You know, Jalen, at the end of the day, seemed to have – while he didn't have as much playing time, really, as Tua did, he really took advantage of being put in that starting role with 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 Wentz, you know, being put on the bench and really gathered some experience last year from under center. And I think with the combination of him and Devontae Smith, you know, and as weak of a NFC East – um, uh, as there was last year. You know, I really think you could see the Eagles surge with them on offense together.
0: Yeah, I'm not – I don't want to talk about LSU here. This is an album podcast. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> okay. And, I mean, too, I mean, hey, you know what? I don't understand – you know, how is Joe Burrow going to get Jamar Chase the ball when, when he's not being protected? Um, that's, that's beside the point. Um, anyway, you know what? Uh, this is tough. You went with the Eagles. I'll say the Dolphins. Um, just because I think from uh, the playmaking standpoint of uh, – and I do, I do like the Dolphins' offensive line a little bit better um, than the Eagles at this current moment, um, just because, you know, you got the quick strike ability with Waddle. And I think with, with, with Devontae Smith, he's deceptive, like, speed. I think – I don't think he's slow at all. Um, I just think in terms of five years, I think Tua and Jalen might produce a little bit more um, than Devontae Smith. Hurts. But you're right, though, I mean – you look at the competitiveness; they have the Cowboys, and that's really it. You know, in that division, um, I'm not really. You know, the, the the Washington football team is not really there yet offensively. The Giants, we don't really know too much about them. They did get Kadarius Tony. They do have Saquon Barkley, but but do you trust Daniel Jones? Uh, I don't. I don't. So uh, good for those. Good for those four guys all being on the same team. Uh, you know, those two, the Payers, I should say, the Alabama Payers in Miami, the Alabama Payer in the city of brotherly love. And then finally, Joey, we've already hit on Leatherwood being a little bit of a shock. Um, before we get into the day two preview, Najee Harris going 24th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This was a match made in heaven. The Steelers took no time in getting their pick in. They were, they were, I mean, they were ready for it. Um, he's the first running back to go. He's actually the first running back who won the Doug Walker Award, uh, which honors the best running back called football to go in the first round since Melvin Gordon in 2015 and the fourth Alabama running back to go in the first round since Nick Saban's arrived in Tuscaloosa. Um, but Najee Harris, I mean, he's going to be their starter. You know, they lose James Conner to the Cardinals. Uh, Najee Harris is going to be their guy. And you've got an aging Ben Roethlisberger who's going to need a safety net like Najee Harris to throw the ball to out of the backfield. Najee really proved um, that he could do that exceptionally well um, over his last year at Alabama. And uh, I just I, – I love this pick for this this franchise, I think. I think this is how they kind of solve their running game issues from a year ago.
1: No, I I completely agree. I think one he's as far as Alabama fits on a specific team, I think that Najee is one of the best fits with his new program um, compared to everybody else. I think you know he's a big-bodied running back. It's a a hybrid playmaker. He does, and he's a running back, but he has those pass-catching skills, which is perfect, like you said, for an aging Roethlisberger. You know he he displays you know kind kind of reminds me a little bit of Matt Forte or or Le'Veon Bell um, with with his abilities you know he can quickly get the ball in the backfield whether he's handed the ball or whether he catches it in the flat and he could quickly emerge as one of the best running backs you know in the league especially especially at least a top five you know young running back um, I I think you know this entire last season I compared him a lot to Josh Jacobs in the and in, in the way that the Raiders have been using utilizing Jacobs as you know a a running back that, of course, can knock people on their butt but can also catch the ball in the flat and run down the field for, you know, 10 to 15 yards. So really excited to see how they utilize him next year. Um, great fit th- with the Steelers. You know, the Steelers have always been that smash-mouth style of football on defense. It's what they're known for and on offense. And um, there's no better pick um, for that um, for running back than Najee Harris.
0: Yeah, I, I just like, I okay, real quick. Out of okay, out of everyone except for Leatherwood uh, and Pachetain, which he Pachetain could win defensive rookie of the year. Um, which one of the offensive players, so Smitty, Waddle, uh, Naji, and Mac, which one has the best chance to win offensive rookie of the year?
1: Um, that to me has to go between Naji and Devontae Smith. Um, I, I think that you could see Mac Jones kind of step in I, I don't know if Mac Jones is a day one starter he's a lot of competition at the position and he still has a lot to learn and he fortunately has some you know and Cam Newton and Jarrett has some guys he can learn from at the professional level um but I, I really have to go I I Najee to me is, is going to be a day one starter with Pittsburgh no doubt about it I think he can you know light the world on fire in the AFC um I think Devontae Smith has the same ability combined with with Jalen Hurts I really, if I had to pick one, though, I would probably lean towards Najee. Um, I think he is just a better fit with his team, and I think he's going to be more, you know, implemented. You know, there's there's one running back, and there's uh, multiple wide receivers for hurt to throw
0: to. So I think that we could see
1: Najee uh, really turn it up this year.
0: Okay, uh, I, I'll I'll go with um, I'll go with Waddle. I'll go I'll throw Waddle out there. I think he bounces back after you know missing the majority of last year with the ankle injury, and he's going to be immediately the number one. A uh, receiver, an option for that Dolphins team. Give me Jalen Waddle as uh, for me the the best chance to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But Joey, let's dive into day two. So Alabama has, uh, you know, I I looked at it and I think there's going to be four guys from Alabama going rounds two and three. That's linebacker Dylan Moses, uh, Deontay Brown, and Leonard Dickerson, the two offensive linemen. And then uh, and then Christian Barmore, crew. Christian Barmore fell. You know, he, he was the only one, I think, left in the green room of players who actually went to Cleveland. Um, unfortunately, he had to, you know, he still has to wait to hear his name called. But, but I think Dickerson and Barmore, especially those two, are going to hear their names really early on Friday evening.
1: No, I agree. You know, it was a shame to not see Barmore drafted late in the first round. I, You know, there were a couple of picks late where I thought that he could have been a good fit with the Saints, who ultimately drafted offensive end. I thought the Bills could have been a good spot for him. They ended up drafting Greg Rousseau from Miami. Um, the final three picks of the round were all edge. You know, you had Jason Noe with the Ravens and Joe Tryon go to the Bucks, and um, really thought that Barmore could have fit in any of those in any of those positions. But ultimately, of course, um, fell short. No doubt about it that he go that Barmore has to go within the first um, few picks of the next round. Um, looking forward to seeing where he ends up. Um, Landon Dickerson, another pick that I thought would would most likely go in the first round. He's going to be find his new team tomorrow. And it's you know with Miller Forrestall and 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 Dylan Moses and and Deontay Brown. Let's have that Miller Forrestall's a day three guy, but um, between Deontay Brown and Dylan Moses, you know um, there were several linebackers drafted in the first round. But um, Moses, you know, didn't really have the stats to to back it up compared to the other linebackers in the first round this year. But um, looking forward to seeing where he goes.
0: Yeah, you know, Christian Barmore, he tweeted after the first round ended and and he deleted the tweet, but, um, you know, stuff like this stays on there forever. He was like, you know, I'm I'm taking this crap personal. Uh, Didn't use crap. uh, Didn't use that word at all, but used a very strong uh, language. Um, So he's kind of fired up. And whoever gets – whoever drafts him, they're going to get a competitor, a fiery guy who's got a lot of energy, got a lot of emotion. And, uh, you know, I just kind of look at, you know, I'm going to pull up the second round order real quick. I think Jacksonville, I really think that first pick um, of the second round, Jacksonville, they, they just got Travis, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, and Travis Etienne. I think, you know, in that second round, that's a good spot for him as well. Um, maybe even New York. Uh, well, New York already has Quentin Williams there his position too, but, um, Philadelphia, there's Carolina. There's tons of places where Barmore can go within the first ten picks of the second round, and um, I kind of, kind of expect him to hear his name called really, really early. Landon Dickerson. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where Baltimore is picking. Baltimore, mm, they don't own a second round pick, so uh, you know, Baltimore could have been a place I could have thought Dickerson could have gone at 31 when they got that trade for Orlando Brown. Uh, they sent him off to the Chiefs. They needed to get a new offensive lineman in there. Um, but Dallas is a great spot at 44 for Landon Dickerson. Uh, they need to kind of rejuvenate their offensive line. And, uh, and so it's just, you know, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces in this. Dylan Moses could go in the second round. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he will, but, but he very well could. Um, there's a lot of teams who need good linebackers and good, need good inside backers who, um, you know, can kind of command a defense. And, and Dylan Moses is certainly going to be able to do that when he's fully healthy. And let's see, uh, Deontay Brown. You know, he's he's lost you know 25 pounds since the Senior Bowl, and um, just you know he continues to seem like he's motivated on the weight front. So whatever team is getting him, you know, um, they're going to get a solid player who can project to play the position for a very very long time. And then Miller Forrestall, Carl Tucker, Josh McMillan, those guys. You know, day three maybe some uh, undrafted free agents there. Thomas Fletcher. You know, he's a long snapper. Don't think he don't think he's going to get drafted. Um, not many long snappers do, but, again, this is a very successful draft for Alabama, and it's just, a, you know, it's every every April, Nick Saban can just tell recruits, watch ESPN at the end of April, watch the NFL draft, because you're going to see my team's face on it. You're going to see guys from my team realize their pro- professional dreams, and, and that's all you could ask for as a coach.
1: No, yeah, I agree, and it, it just <laughs> it just helps Alabama reload even more, seeing all these teams be drafted, and, you know, um, one thing we didn't touch, or we haven't touched on yet, is that you know Mac Jones was the 100th uh, first, well, 100th NFL draft pick under Nick Saban, and then um, I think Leatherwood was 101, and then Najee Harris was 102. So um, over 100 n- now NFL draft picks under Nick Saban since 2007 from Alabama, and that just speaks for itself at how well of uh, of a uh, how well established he is he, uh, in Tuscaloosa and you know, you, you can't beat that when it comes to recruiting. And, and they do, they use that a lot in recruiting. I mean, you see the recruits themselves, you know, they tweet out um, promo images that they've been given from Alabama Athletics with, you know, you know, X name has been drafted by X team, you know, and stuff like that. And it makes it easier and easier every single year for Alabama to recruit.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about it. And you just kind of look at the numbers. I mean, Alabama was the first school ever to have four receivers drafted in the first round in the two-year span, two in 2020, two in 2021. Since 2000, Alabama has 41 first-round picks. That's nine more than second place. Ohio State and Miami at 32. Uh, let's see. Alabama has produced multiple first-round picks in 10 of the last 13 NFL giraffes. I-, I mean, this is just ridiculous. And Alabama is the only school um, to have quarterbacks selected in the first round in back-to-back years. Uh, joined actually the second only the second school Oklahoma did it before them with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield but but Alabama joins that company I mean this is I mean it's just it's just crazy you can't even put all of this into a book when Nick Saban's done uh, to shout out Chris Walsh who wrote a, our editor who wrote Decade of Dominance I know he's tried to put all this into a book but it's like you just got to rewrite new chapters I mean every single event that happens I mean it, the stories just keep writing themselves honestly and um, all these guys are primed for great success. And um, it's – I'm really interested to see how some of their careers pan out because I think when you go back and look at, at that 2020 team and you go look at the 2019 team now, um, for example, Joey, the 2019 LSU game um, between – that LSU won 46-41. There were 16 first-round draft picks on the field that day. 16. <laughs> that's that's just remarkable. and And we're just getting accustomed, you know, Alabama fans are – are in the media that cover Alabama are getting so spoiled and, and just thinking this is normal. This isn't normal.
1: Yeah. No, it's not. And it's, it's easy to become lackadaisical and become, you know, accustomed to this kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it does kind of, you know, even Alabama fans at this point, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous when the standards are set so high that anything short of a national championship is it's disappointing. Like, a couple of years ago when Alabama went to the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, you know, and didn't make the playoff for the first time and the only time uh, in, in, its, in its history, in the short history of the playoff. And that's considered a, a failure when you when you beat Michigan in a, in a, in a bowl game. And, you know, it just it, I, I don't want to use the word spoiled because that's harsh. But, you know, you can you can become accustomed to success and expect success and Nick Saban expects success. And, you know, that's one reason why Alabama is so good year in and year out. And the, but, the but unfortunately, that also translates to the fan base itself. And, you know, you expect that success and that dominance year in and year out. And, fortunately, so far for Alabama, it's really worked for them.
0: No doubt about it. And we're going to have you guys covered on BamaCentral.com all Friday and Saturday as well with the NFL Draft. And, and then, hopefully, on our next episode, we will have um, – I'll, I'll get back in touch. If you guys like the NFL Draft Bibles, Rick Saratella on there, I'll get him back on here and we'll discuss every NFL, uh, new, new NFL Alabama player and, and kind of get from an NFL perspective, um, what are the fits and kind of where, what, what, what player, um, you know, has the best chance to excel kind of more deeper in that conversation than what we're doing right now. So, so we'll plan on doing that, but, but that's been Joy Blackwell. I'm Tyler Martin, and this has been a special edition of the All Things Alabama podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like, rate, and subscribe. We'll